Thank you, Clay. We are continuing um, to look at our call to practice the ministry of reconciliation as we heard John read in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. And we have been hearing that scripture a lot over the last, oh, six weeks or so. Um, And so we are continuing to look at what it means to actually practice the ministry of reconciliation. And of course, today it's in connection with domestic violence awareness. And so we're going to begin to unpack that a little bit. And so the word that we have in addition to 2 Corinthians this morning comes from the Psalms. And we are in Psalm 55. Listen for the word of God. Give ear to my prayer, O God. Do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and answer me. I am troubled in my complaint. I am distraught by the noise of the enemy because of the clamor of the wicked, for they bring trouble upon me, and in anger they cherish enmity against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say... Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Truly, I would flee far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter for myself from the raging wind and tempest. Confuse, O Lord, confound their speech, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls, And iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. It is not enemies who taunt me. I could bear that. It is not adversaries who deal insolently with me. I could hide from them. But it is you, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend, with whom I kept pleasant company. We walked in the house of God with the throng. Let death come upon them. Let them go down alive to Sheol, for evil is in their homes and in their hearts. But I call upon God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon I utter my complaint and moan, and he will hear my voice. He will redeem me unharmed from the battle that I wage, for many are arrayed against me. God, who is enthroned from of old, will hear and will humble them, because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion laid hands on a friend and violated a covenant with me, with speech smoother than butter, but with a heart set on war with words that were softer than oil, but in fact were drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the lowest pit. The bloodthirsty and treacherous shall not live out half their days. But I will trust in you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen.
So in continuing to consider what it means to practice the ministry of reconciliation that we have been given because God was reconciling the entire cosmos to God's own self through Christ, we who are in Christ have been given this ministry of reconciliation. And so we seek to practice that. And as Pastor Clay so wonderfully put, because we are a people in Christ, we must live in the world and not only be aware of the problems in the world, but begin to act on on them as people of faith. And so today we are considering the issue of domestic violence or family violence or partner violence. There are different terms for it. Because it seems to me that that this particular issue is one that we don't like to talk about. It's hard to talk about it. And some of you sitting here may have experienced either in your own life or in those people that you love have experienced domestic violence in some form or fashion, whether it be physical, whether it be verbal, whether it be spiritual. There are different ways that a person can seek to control another. It's pretty shameful to think about um, the silence of the church on this particular subject over the decades. There have been very few sermons preached on this issue because it makes us uncomfortable. But the thing is, the gospel isn't supposed to leave us in a comfortable place, is it? And so what we want to do today is to bring this out into God's light And let's begin to consider where God's redemptive power might be working. I want to quote a few statistics to you. Um, And these are actually statistics that are a little bit different. You can go online and you can Google uh, domestic violence statistics and you can come up with all kinds of overwhelming numbers. Um, But this particular set of statistics, this comes from the National Network to end domestic violence. And what they do every year is they do a census on one day. And this particular day, this was September the 17th, 2013, and between 80 and 90% of domestic violence agencies across the nation participated in this census, and they reported on what activities they were engaged in during this 24-hour period. And that's what I want to share with you. And these statistics are for the state of Texas. On one day, September the 17th, 2013, there were 5,923 victims served in one day. 3,827 domestic violence victims, 2,153 of these were children, 1,674 were adults who found refuge in emergency shelters or in transitional housing. 
there were 2,096 adults and children who received non-residential assistance in services, including counseling, legal advocacy, and children's support groups. There were 1,311, this is in one day, 1,311 unmet requests for services in one day, and 506 of those were for housing. And for a variety of reasons, either housing was full or there weren't enough advocates because of funding cuts, that there were this many during one period of time who did not get the services they needed. During this 24-hour period, 1,907 hotline calls were answered in the state of Texas. That comes to slightly more than 79 hotline calls every hour. Statistics can be overwhelming. They give us an idea of the scope of the problem. But I want to give you one voice, a story. Mary Bachman, who heads up our domestic violence awareness team at the church, shared this story with me, and it comes from a 10-year-old girl named Lisa. And this is what Lisa wrote. One day around two months ago, my mom and dad got into a fight. First, my mom and I came home from the mall. We had a really nice time there. When we got home, our nice time got to be terrible. I knew they were going to get into a fight, so I went into my bedroom and did my homework. Then my dad took my mom into their bedroom. I knew he was going to talk to her about something, but I didn't know what. Then I heard my mom start screaming, and I went to the door and asked what was wrong. And my dad said, oh, nothing is wrong. Go do your homework. But I knew something was wrong, so I went and prayed to God. Once my mom tried to tell me to call the cops, but I didn't understand what she said because my dad covered her mouth with his hand. Another time, my mom kept screaming, so I went back to the living room, and I saw him kicking her in her arm and legs, and he wouldn't stop. He told me to go back to bed, but I said no. Then he was going to hit her over the head, but I went on top of my mother, and he told me to get off, but I didn't. So then he got her ice for her arm. Then I went to sleep crying. My dad was really mean that night. I hated him so bad. My mom did not deserve to get hurt. I love her more than anyone. The next morning, I didn't go to school, and she didn't go to work. My dad called from work and threatened to kill mom. So we left to go to the shelter, and here I am now. The end. And when Lisa gave permission to use her story she wanted to make sure that whoever shared her story would tell people that her dad is not all bad and that she loves him very much. This is one story. This 
could be a story that the psalmist was trying to tell. The words of Psalm 55 are words that, even for those of us who traffic in Scripture a lot, are not very familiar words because they're difficult words, because they try to tell a story of pain and betrayal at the hands of one who was trusted. And we don't know what the instances of the story were that the psalmist was trying to tell. But as so often happens with Scripture, those words can come alive and speak to us again and again and again and can speak for our own context, for our own stories. The stories that are told in Scripture can become our own. But what I think is so remarkable about this and the word for us today is that when we read the Psalms, we are in ancient Israel's book of prayers and songs. This would have been what was used in their worship. The words of Psalm 55 would have been taken to the priest. Or perhaps the spoken lament would have been taken to the priest. And then it would have been written down and it would have been used in their worship service. How many of you would come to worship if you knew Psalm 55 was going to be one of the prayers. Our culture is so good to seeing to um, our happiness and our good feelings, and we look for whatever will keep that happiness going. But the book of Psalms, the psalmist brings everything into worship, Joy, pain, lament, betrayal, it is all the stuff of worship. Because the only thing really true that we can do with the circumstances of our lives is give them over to God. And that's what the psalmist does here. The psalmist pours out this story of pain and betrayal and casts it upon God. And that's what we are doing here as this people, this community of faith called into the community into the work of reconciliation that God has given us because there are so many out there. Both the abused and the abuser who are wounded and in need of redemption and in need of God's reconciling work. And we are the hands and feet that can get that work done. We are the people that can give voice to the story through the words that Scripture gives us and then say, God, where do you want us? Use us. For we are your people, called to do your work here and now. Amen.